0: Were any Green Bay Packers players the best at their positions this season? America's guest, Jason Hershorn joins me to discuss all of that. Lingering thoughts from the Packers' season handout, our season awards in the NFL as we fill out our Pro Football Writers of America ballots in part one of a two-part stretch of episodes. Let's get into it.
1: You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Cobb. Every day.
0: Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the lead. America's guest, my co-founder at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Um, and we ended up going so long that I decided I can't have you guys be listening for 45 minutes. That's just too much, especially in the off-season. So we're going to split it up, two episodes today, one tomorrow. Um, we'll do Lingering Thoughts and Offense, mostly today. And then Defense and the Big Awards tomorrow. And that'll be that. So we're going to have some fun and jump into it right now. Now, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy Made Easy because it's just you against the pick, you against the number that prize picks sets. So Patrick Mahomes passing yards or Joe Mixon rushing yards. Put those together. You've got a lineup. You can put a couple of them together and you can win up to 10 times your money, not just NFL. You could do college basketball, you could do WNBA, you could do NBA, you could do racing, you could do golf. There, there are innumerable options if 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 there's a sport price picks probably will let you have a lineup and when you use the promo code locked on you can get up to a hundred dollar deposit match up to a hundred percent of that deposit that you put in when you use that promo code locked on on the first deposit so check out Prize picks it's daily fantasy made easy make sure you get that locked on bonus up to $100. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with the game-to-game episodes Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Joining me now, my co-founder at The Leap and America's guest, Jason Hershorn, to do our PFWA uh, all NFL ballots trying to do the big awards all the good stuff. Jason, it is good to be with you. It has been too long. The Packers season did not go too long. In fact, it went too short. Any any lingering thoughts you want to add on the on the Packers season before we jump in on our ballots here?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting, right? The last time we did this particular show, we were discussing a certain Packers quarterback as an MVP candidate. And now I, I don't think we're going to run into nearly as many Packers overall, not just in mm. that position and not just for that award. So it is a very different season that we're recapping with this.
0: Yeah. And I think that was, I, I almost was like, should we not, should we not do it? Cause last year there were a lot of Packer names to talk about. And this year, I, I, not that many. I, mean, I haven't seen your ballot. You haven't seen mine, but I don't have that many names. we the, the PFWA only does. First team, all NFL, they do all NFC and all AFC, which, which can parse these things a little bit better, but let's, let's just top line here. We'll go through the positions. Did you have any first team, all NFL Packers?
1: I did not. I didn't really have any that I thought were worthy of consideration. Uh, I mean, there's a few guys like Jerry Alexander ultimately had. A more impressive year than I think it probably seemed he was going to have around midseason, but I mean for the big awards especially, like there there was just nobody worthy of contention.
0: Yeah, Jair Alexander would have been on a my all NFC team because the top corners I have are all AFC. Interestingly, um, but yeah, that's I th- like that was close. And then you know, returner Keyshawn Nixon is. The best returner.
1: You're right. I, I forgot to inc- include the the special. If teams, we're if we're going to do
0: specialists, we were just thinking of of the main position players. Um, but I, I assume Nixon. I, I guess I, mean, I shouldn't assume Nixon would have been your your pick for returner.
1: Yes, yeah, he was for kickoff returner. The another point of emphasis here, the PFWA distinguishes between kickoff returner and punt returner. Which I don't. I mean, kickoff yet, return. Yeah. yeah, for kickoff return, yeah, Keyshawn Nixon was the guy. I actually don't think there's really a credible argument to anybody else even though he had only like two thirds or three quarters of a season as a returner, he had by far the most impressive season in that regard. So yeah. So if we're talking about for special teams as well, then yes, there, there was a Packer on the all NFL team for me. The guy who won the players vote um, had nine returns. So I don't
0: even care about the, the two thirds of a season thing. Cause Cordell Patterson who did have a touchdown had nine total kick returns. So it seems silly. Any, any other Packers, that you thought were close other than Jair Alexander.
1: Honestly, that that was kind of it. I think Rashawn Gary would have made this interesting had he played the yeah. full season. He was definitely on pace for that kind of impact. And not just in terms of the sack numbers, although those were pretty good. It was the, the total pressure. It was the improved run defense. You know, he's not a superstar in that particular regard, but he has made significant strides. I think had he played the full season or at least more of a season – That could have been at least an option, but you know, he only played nine games. There's not a whole lot you can do at that point, given that there were so many other really, really attractive options here. Um, We're not going to go through
0: position by position of the all rookie teams, but presumably you did have some Packers on the all rookie team. Did you, did you get a chance to look at that?
1: Yeah. And I think on a certain level, this says more about the options on the all rookie team of this particular (laughs) position group, but Zach Tom did did make my cut for offensive yeah. tackle. Now, Zach, Zach Tom from a on a, a per down standpoint was phenomenal this year for a rookie. Like he was, you could make an argument at the end of the season was one of their not just five best offensive linemen but one of their two best tackles. I mean, his numbers and pass protection really were commensurate with that kind of honor. He just you know he didn't play enough games. They moved him around. He didn't just play tackle. Obviously, he played some guard. He was better on the outside, but I really didn't think there were a lot of good tackles in the rookie classes here in terms of what they did as rookies. Like these guys might go on to do much better things in future seasons. So because of the void and because of how good Zach Tom was in his somewhat limited sample size, I was able to put him in there. No Christian Watson. No Christian Watson. So for again, for for the listeners who don't know, there are only two spots for wide receiver, both in terms of the all-rookie team and the all-NFL team. I went with Chris Olave. That was a pretty easy number one for me. Uh, He was also my offensive rookie of the year. And then I went with Garrett Wilson for the other spot. Watson, for that month and a half, was as good as any rookie we saw this year, not just among the receivers. But I I didn't think the overall sample size or the the overall uh, work was as good as those other options. And, you know, what we think Christian Watson might be in the future is an interesting discussion. I know you and I will be having it over the course of the offseason at the league. But in terms of what they did in the 2022 season, I thought those other two receivers were just better. I think Christian Watson, like he would have
0: been third. If I like all pro does three receivers, like if they would have had three spots, I think I would have had Watson as my third receiver here. Although there's, there were some compelling cases for some other guys as well. And I think if Christian Watson stays healthy, he probably does make this team. The month that he missed was pretty impactful. That being said, I was making the case late in the season that you know, if he comes out and and has, if he had the game that he had against the Lions and the Packers won, that you could make a good case for Christian Watson in that spot, just because he impacted a, a playoff team. I think it matters that they didn't win that game. And that's ultimately not what happened. Even if he did have a good game, that's maybe a little hypocritical, but I just think that that's, that's one of those, like imp- if you're going to make the impacting winning case, because he did impact winning in the second half, then he has, they have to win enough. For that to be the case, and they just ultimately fall short. So let's go through this. Um, last time we did this, it was pretty obvious Aaron Rodgers was going to be um the quarterback. Mm-hmm. My my mm-hmm. two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Any disagreement
1: there? Did you, like that that seemed pretty easy to me? Yeah, it, it was Patrick Mahomes' season. It it just was yep. like we collectively, we not you and I in particular we almost sleep on him. Like we had a version of this discussion last year with Aaron Donald and defensive player of the year, right? Right. Like we, we want to keep it interesting. We want to choose other players, but like Aaron Donald's the best one and he just had another fantastic year. It just happened to look like the last fantastic year, which happened to look like the fantastic year before it. That was Patrick Mahomes this year. But there is actually some additional context that I'm sure you considered as well. You know, he lost Tyreek Hill, who went on to have a phenomenal season. Like it wasn't like Tyreek Hill left Kansas City and ended up kind of just disintegrating into the ether. Like Tyree kill had one of his, if not his best season in the NFL and the chiefs offense didn't miss a beat. It was actually better overall this year than it was the year before. And Patrick Mahomes obviously is the on-field catalyst for that.
0: I, I wanted to ask you this as we were having this discussion, what do you think the biggest difference was this year for the chiefs to be able to handle offensively everything that they were able to do without Tyreek Hill versus the Packers because as you mentioned Tyreek Hill went on and crushed it in Miami Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas and was terrific for the Raiders if if I have any complaints about his season it's that he should have gotten the ball more and they played almost a two like you know egalitarian style and and tried to spread it around like just get Devontae the ball so what what do you think the difference was for the Chiefs why were they able to make it work in a way that the Packers weren't
1: I think this is twofold and this will actually fold into an article I'm writing later this week sort of about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation and we can put that aside for now it's the Chiefs started out the season with a more or less complete version of their offensive line and with a more veteran group of receivers that were even though they were new overall you know Juju Smith-Schuster had not been there before Marquis Valdez-Scanling had not been there before but they weren't stepping in to a new league they were stepping into a new team and they were doing it with a lot more experience whereas for the Packers. It's not just that Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were rookies, although that obviously is a big factor here. Christian Watson, remember, missed all of training camp. I mean, he wasn't really, for lack of a better way of putting it, ready to go. Oh, probably until a few weeks. He had another issue with uh, with his lower body, that being a hamstring one. He had the concussion. So he wasn't really right and, and integrated into the offense until late October, maybe, and it wasn't too long after that when he made his breakout. So had those things not happened with the injuries, maybe that same breakout happens and just happens, you know, a month plus earlier. Then you look at the offensive line. The Packers started out the season without either of their preferred offensive tackles, which at the time was going to be David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. By the time that offensive line coalesced into more or less the unit that they were going to have for the majority of the season, it was already like mid to late October. And even then, Bakhtiari was still missing time here and there. Eldon Jenkins missed a game, surprisingly. And we just didn't see those issues with the Chiefs. I, I'm not saying that to take away from Patrick Mahomes, who was phenomenal in basically every at, or facet of the game for which a quarterback can be phenomenal. But those advantages did make a difference. So I, I think if the Packers had better injury luck, for lack of a very putting it, in terms of those groups, the offensive line to start the season, and with Christian Watts in particular in the receiving core, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP for a third straight year in the row, but I think that offense overall probably looks better, or at least it becomes what it was ultimately going to become sooner in the season. That would have impacted their win-loss record, I strongly believe. All right, more with Jason Hershorn in
0: just a second. Before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. There is so much fun to be had betting on the NFL in the postseason. And I've had some wins, had some losses, I was sweating out my Jaguars money line bet, um, but it came through and I didn't want to have to sweat out my my Cowboys to cover the spread bet, but Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and so that's the way that this all goes. That's the fun of it. And bet online can get you there. The fastest and easiest way to get all the information you need and to bet on all the sports that you want to bet on Bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked on NFL, bringing you the local insights. You love the national spotlight, daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we're, we're, we've we're we got a lot to, to cover through here and I, I want to focus on some of the, the places where we might have considered some Packers since we don't have that many Packers to actually talk about. Um, at the running back position, I think, there might have at least been, I, like I have a short list and then my my guys on in each position. I ultimately had running back one with Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb as my running backs, but Aaron Jones was on my short list. What did your running back room look like?
1: Yeah. Jones was worthy of consideration. I think this was his best season from a both volume and efficiency standpoint. And it, it doesn't speak negatively of him that he didn't make the cut for me. It was just a really, really good year for running backs, which is great because last year was not a very good list. And you and no. I talked privately about how I actually didn't include two NFC running backs in 2021, because I didn't think there were two that were worthy. And I didn't want to <laughs> vote for just yeah. the best of the rest when just, it wasn't close to being a, you know an all NFL or all pro whatever term you want to use caliber season for the nfc and for the nfl i went with christian mccaffrey Uh, the the impact he Mm. had on that offense and and not just as a runner although he probably had as a runner his most impressive season at least after he arrived in san francisco I, i couldn't overlook that it was so impactful i mean the the 49ers basically have you and me playing quarterback for them at this point or at least they're an injury away from doing so and you kind of forget about that because of all of the ways in which not just McCaffrey, obviously, but weapons like that are being utilized by Cal Shanahan and McCaffrey has kind of become the straw that stirs the drink there. Like Debo Samuel missed time. Uh, George Kittle spent about half of the season as like a glorified extra tackle through no fault of his own. And really it was McCaffrey that just supercharged that offense almost immediately upon his arrival, at least when he was finally fully integrated into the offense. So I went with him for one of the spots and I went with Josh Jacobs, which can we take a moment to discuss how weird it is that Josh Jacobs is on this list. This is a player that the Las Vegas Raiders didn't actually really think was going to make their 53. Remember they had five, five preseason, or I'm sorry, no, four preseason games. The extra one used to be five, That I have an old mind now. And in the Hall of Fame game, they played Josh Jacobs. You do not do that with veterans. You don't really do that with any player other than rookies that you think are going to make your roster. And they did it anyway. So to go from a player that the Raiders were like soft selling to other teams as a trade candidate to having the most productive year, or at least among the most productive years of any running backs is extremely impressive. I have no idea if he's ever going to be able to reproduce this. I, I kind of have my doubts. but. Yeah. He did it this year and it was a phenomenal thing to watch. Someone's going to pay him. And I, I, maybe it's the Raiders, but, but
0: I don't know if I would. That's sort of where I, where I land on that one. Let's do the pass catchers together. Cause again, I don't think there's any um, uh, Packers to consider here. This was, this was the receivers were tough because you only get two. Um, I landed on Justin Jefferson and former Packer Devontae Adams and then at tight end. I, Kittle came on really well late. Um, But I don't know how this could be anyone other than Travis Kelsey. What did your pass catchers look like?
1: It looked pretty similar. Kelsey was the easy call for tight end. And it wasn't just because everyone besides Travis Kelsey didn't have, I wouldn't say a down year, but like I I thought the second best tight end season from anyone this year ended up being TJ Hawkinson. And that was a huge Delta between him. And Travis Kelsey, this really wasn't another choice. For receiver, Justin Jefferson was one of the choices for me as well. I went with Tyreek Hill for the yeah. other spot in the all NFL. A- Adams did make my all AFC uh, cho- or, or cut. You know, he was really close. We're, we're talking about really phenomenal group of pass catchers, not just in terms of their overall talent, but in terms of the actual seasons that they delivered. I-, I had a nitpick, as I'm sure you did, at the very top. Adams, again, probably fair to say through no fault of his own, didn't have the same overall efficiency like he he caught something like 55.6 percent of his passes a a lot of those were poorly targeted by the quarterback some of those were drops and we're talking about this at the top of this very very good group I I thought that was enough to push Hill ahead of him and Justin Jefferson had the best season of any receiver this year if if there was an argument for a non-quarterback to win the MVP this year at least at offense I I thought it belonged to him so there's no way he wasn't going to make the cut for me and I assume it was something similar for you
0: yeah, my, my short list at receiver was Hill, St. I'm St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, CD Lamb. I kind of outside of Justin Jefferson, if you picked any one of those guys, I'm kind of fine with it. Like I, I it was just a loaded year for receivers and that's great um, unless you're the team like the Packers that didn't have one of those guys. And one of the guys you used to have um, is on that list still. And one of the reasons why your team was not as good is because he
1: wasn't on it. Um, Yeah. And remember, as as we wrote the leap, uh, the Packers, while they weren't ultimately in on the AJ Brown trade, there's no reason why they couldn't have been like they had the assets to do it. And seeing AJ Brown fully come into his own as an all NFL caliber player. I mean, he made the all NFC cut for me. I I just thought that Hill and Jefferson were a little better this year. But to your point, Brown as a choice would have been totally defensible, I think, for anybody. That's the kind of player that the Packers could have feasibly obtained after the Devontae Adams trade, and they didn't, and maybe long-term, they don't feel all that bad about that because maybe Watson becomes something similar to that, too early to say, obviously, but I guess that's on the table for him. But it would have made a big difference if at the start of the season, when the Packers were running out Sammy Watkins as one of their starters, that if they instead had A.J. Brown, things could have looked a little different in a way that maybe involves them, going into double digit wins, maybe even competing for the division. Like it could have been a very different season. If Adrian Brown is there from the start. So offensive tackle, this is where someone like David Bakhtiari would perennially be
0: involved. He only played 11 games. Um, But my, my top pick for tackle was Trent Williams. I just feel like he is, he is more impactful at tackle than anyone because of his ability to be so useful in the run game. I still think he's the best offensive lineman full stop in the league. Um, and Andrew Thomas from from the Giants, I thought, had a breakout season. He was my second guy here. How many games would David Bakhtiari, for you, have had to play to be considered here? Because Trent Williams, I think, only played 13 or 14. Bakhtiari played 11. Like, I don't know, a couple more. I think he could have been in the mix here.
1: Yeah, and also that 11 number is a little misleading. Like, he missed roughly half of that first Detroit Lions game. So it's really like... 10 and a half. Uh, I don't know what the exact number is other than it's higher than what he did because when right. David Bakhtiari played, he He's was great. essentially the vintage form of David Bakhtiari. He was an absolute stud as a pass protector. He gave up, and, and, I, and I put this in our most recent article at The Leap, zero sacks, 10 total pressures, zero quarterback hits over, I think it was like 350 some pass sets. Pretty good. Like that, That's really good for, for anybody uh, as a run blocker. He, you know, it wasn't his best season there, but it, it wasn't like a disaster either. He was fine. And considering that he missed essentially all the 2021 season and missed the start of the 2022 season to just roll back onto the field, at least when he was playing as though nothing had changed was incredible. So if Bakhtiari is able to overcome those injury hurdles as the Packers, based on Brian Gutekunst's comments, believe that he can, I wouldn't be shocked to see him on this list next year. I did not actually include Trent Williams, even though I understand the argument for him. He missed some time and it is a little bit of like, are you going to give credit to a player for a full season? What pushed him out for me were all the penalties. It, it was a really bad season for him in terms of penalties you know, it's, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but when you're talking about at the top of the position, I think that makes a difference. I also went, with I think part of that office. is
0: what they ask him to do. He, he they get him on oh, the sure. run so much that he's always trying to like use angles. And of course, yeah, sometimes it's going to, he's going to grab and he's going to hold. And like, I don't know, it's hard for me just because the degree of difficulty of what they ask him to do is probably higher than anyone at that position in football.
1: Sure. And that was also true for what it's worth the previous season when he had uh, fewer penalties. So it's it's sort of he's, I guess, like not living up to his own super high standards, which it's the the Aaron Rodgers problem, right? It it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer or at least as close as an offensive lineman can be to being a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, again, the, the standards for him are probably higher than they should be because a less than perfect season for him is still potentially better than everybody else. But again, I thought Andrew Thomas was phenomenal. I thought Lane Johnson for the Eagles was phenomenal. I know he missed a little time too, but it's another situation where you just, you you look at the numbers. He gave up so little pressure. He was so impactful in the run game. And you look at what happened when he wasn't there. I mean, that Eagles offense went from being absolutely just diabolical on the ground to being very pedestrian and I think that matters, right? Like what you do for your team and what your team does when you're not available, if you aren't available, that should provide important context to this conversation. So I thought those two guys at the top made sense for me. I also considered Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I, I considered though, not to the same degree, Colton Miller. I thought he had another sort of under the radar, strong season for a player on a team that didn't have a lot going for it this season, as we discussed with uh, Devontae Adams. So, you know, that plus Bakhtiari, I thought was the group, but ultimately I felt pretty strongly about Thomas and with Lane Johnson.
0: I think that that's reasonable. Anything I want to get to the defense part of this. So anything about the interior offensive line that stood out to you that you want to, that you want to say, I had, I had Chris Linson, Joel Batonio and Jason Kelsey as my interior guys, two guards in a center.
1: Yeah. I I went with Joel Batonio, Zach Martin and Jason Kelsey. So uh, not, not a whole lot of disagreement there. I mean, the the guy you mentioned also were the consideration, uh, just a really good group. Like this was, after, after about like half a decade of, a, of people complaining that there aren't enough good offensive linemen, I do think that started to come around. Like it, it's not all the way back to what it was in like the 80s and the 90s, but it's starting to fill out. There's a lot more talent coming into the position and a lot of the talented older guys are holding on. So we really have a glut of it right now and it's fun to watch.
0: All right, we're gonna be back tomorrow with more of our PFWA ballots, um, the big awards, all that good stuff. That is all coming up tomorrow follow me on twitter peter underscore Bukowski. follow jason on twitter at by underscore jbh you follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google podcast wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to come hang out with us live like when aaron Rodgers says i'm coming back or when the packers decide he's going to new york whatever the decision is we will be there to cover it live on the locked on packers youtube page so you can stay locked on packers